Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I'm a feminist, but... Hello, Manchester! And I'm a feminist, but I'm going to Australia on tour in two days' time and have completely failed to wax any part of my body. So today, while on tour, I took a 15-minute cab ride to a place called Wax Me Manchester... Which was no longer there. It was just a pizza shop. (laughs) And I was actually a little bit off with the guys who ran the pizza shop for not being waxers. They were like, oh, that was here two years ago. Yeah, sometimes people are still on Google. I was like, well, it shouldn't be. (laughs) And I am going to be in Manchester tomorrow morning. And I'm going to make this genuine plea (laughs) that I made in Newcastle last night where I was this morning and went unheeded, is there anyone in the house who can wax a bikini line in my hotel room tomorrow morning? Yes? I believe that lovely guilty feminist said, I'm not a professional, but I'll give it a go. If I didn't want a Brazilian, I'd be right there. But it's really close in. It's, it's, you know, you'll be cheap. I'm tempted. Oh my gosh, I'm a feminist, but... Um, yeah, earlier we were at a restaurant and we were having some lunch 
and um, one of us, me, uh, was whining about how long I was waiting to get text back, and the waitress was like, I'm straight. I don't know how she knew I wasn't. <laughs> anyway, she was like, I'm straight. Oh, but men are so difficult. Oh, I wish that I could uh, date women. Oh, men are the, men are the worst. Um, and without missing a beat, I just replied, well, women are fucking insane. <laughs> so She really said that. Yeah. I just didn't want her to think that the grass was greener <laughs> on the other side. Like, we're all people and we're all pieces of shit. I, I thoroughly applaud that. Yeah. yeah. I thoroughly applaud that. I don't, huh? want, I don't want the responsibility of moral superiority. It's de- yeah. dehumanizing. I don't like when they do it. When the straights do it, they're like, oh my God, I'm cursed to love, man. And I'm just like, everyone's horrible if you try. So. <laughs> it's true. Anyone you're dating yeah. or trying to date... Is bad. Is insane. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. A thousand percent. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but... So I'm recently single, right? And I've, it's the first time I'm single in about three years. Um, and I've got a new technique now. If, I, if I'm on a date with a man and I feel like he's losing interest, I'll happily let him explain cryptocurrency to me. <laughs> That's how you win him back. Let's do it all. Yeah. Oh, tell me about NFTs. Yeah. I have done the same with the offside rule. Oh, yes. But this is my hack. It's the twist at the end. It's, I've never understood it until now. So many men have tried to explain that to me, and I've never got it till you. There's not a man in the world who can explain it. Who won't go down on you for a good two hours after that. That's brilliant. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I haven't said anything yet. I'm a feminist, but... Uh, so, earlier on in the dressing room, one of my esteemed colleagues on the stage tonight said to me, um, would you like us to put some lipstick on you? And I, I don't know what happened, but I just got very triggered to my teenage years. I was having a bit of a flashback, and I just went, I, I, I didn't survive my sister trying to make him on me for 14 years just to succumb to you, harpies! Again, she Not did what say I harpies. She said that. And I said, Grace Petrie's a feminist, but... (laughs) (laughs) I am a feminist, but when drying my tits wet uh, with a fan, (laughs) I looked at myself in the mirror and saw my hair move, and I was like, oh, my God, you look beautiful. (laughs) You look beautiful. You, you look like the, the dream sequence of an 80s film where a teenager is masturbating over you. Do you, know? Do you think somewhere a 14-year-old boy was masturbating over you and that's why you saw your reflection as sort of some young man idolised you? Oh, like, is this like... Um, I should probably, know. for the recording, change that to 17-year-old. What I did mean, you it's say? Not what did you say? I just don't want what people age? to think I'm being inappropriate. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not. If he's masturbating, he's 14, he's allowed to masturbate over whoever he wants. It's good that he's doing it over grown women. <laughs> That's just... good. That's good. I don't want him masturbating over 13-year-olds. Like, I, I, I love, I love that... <laughs> I love that the, the show started with you saying, can someone come and wax me in my hotel room? And now you're like, we don't want to be inappropriate. We don't... 
listen, it's unfortunate and very brilliant. It's just amazing. I have discovered that every single person in the Guilty Feminist audience either has some kind of job in social services or, yes, uh, or in some way or another feminist or helping people. Or, in some way or another, they're working uh, with uh, displacement or homelessness, or they are writing a thesis about Virginia Woolf. <laughs> they are the only three kinds of people who go, and listen, that's amazing, and normally I'm like, oh my God, like a couple of times, we, our guest hasn't shown up at, you know, around the world somewhere, and I've just gone to the audience, and someone says, yes, I work in this incredibly important sector, and da-da-da-da, and I'm like, this is incredible. If you want someone to pluck your eyebrows... Uh, not one we've got to start we've got to start a reach out program to people who do waxing yeah. manicures facials massage Could, would, does anyone want to learn those skills and come on tour with us <laughs> I would love that uh, stop looking at me I couldn't be less qualified <laughs> are we ready to start the show then welcome 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 to the guilty feminist Manchester right Manchester we've come on tour and we've brought people from all around the world we've brought people from uh, Ireland Texas Paris and Leicester that's Grace Petrie I myself originally from Australia but I think in some ways Leicester is the most exotic because um, she got the biggest gasp I'm telling you people were like Leicester's in the house Grace Petrie Lester legend, that's what we call her. Thank you so much for coming out. It's really brilliant because, uh, I don't know if you heard, in London we had a, um, a global pandemic and <laughs> we weren't allowed anywhere. So this feels really special. I feel like I just want to come and touch you. Um, which, are we allowed to do this now? I don't think we are. <gasps> oh. All right, it's not a biblical healing. Not... <laughs> just because I've got a cape. That's right. I've got a cape. This is made by Despicable Daisy in Dublin. It's very exciting, isn't it? One day, I hope that everyone in the audience gets one. And then we form a ring like a coven. I feel like if we all had one of these and we cast a spell on the patriarchy, all of our problems would be over. Also, um, I had no idea how punk rock I was until I just pulled my fishnets out of my suitcase, which I had roughly thrown in with some sharp objects. And... I was like, I'm going to be punk. That's right. Who am I convincing? <laughs> Who am I convincing that I'm punk? I feel, I feel like I am. Manchester, I just said before that uh, everyone in my audience has some kind of uh, job that, you know, I do find there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. Uh, is anybody, people laugh for Virginia Woolf? Is anybody actually doing a thesis on Virginia Woolf or similar? No. You're the first audience. <laughs> You're the first audience around the country. Uh, yes, you are? Of course you are. Yeah. I, I knew there'd be one. What's your thesis? Um, uh, spiritual abuse in modern yoga. Spiritual abuse in modern yoga. <laughs> Is that Virginia Woolf's fault? <laughs> what was that? It's very feminist. It's very feminist. It's a, so you're doing a feminist thesis. Spiritual abuse in modern yoga. 
don't laugh at her thesis. That's her whole life's work. Tell us, can you tell us about it in a way that we're not going to find it funny? Just one line. Resisting injustice. We're all about resisting injustice. Okay, we look forward to that coming out. Does anybody have a job where they think all I'm doing is serving the patriarchy? Anyone got a job where you're like, it's not a feminist job at all? Just give us a cheer. Yes, okay. Who's got a pa- who reckons they've got a patriarchal job? Just shout out. Any- yes, you? What, what, what's your job? Dentistry. Dentistry. <laughs> How is that serving the patriarchy? Because I feel feminists need, you know, feminists get fillings. <laughs> Don't they? Don't we? Don't we? Feminists sometimes need root canal. <laughs> Why do you feel that's patriarchal? Oh, the majority of dentists in the power positions. I don't think I realised there were dentists in power positions. <laughs> but the ones, there's always people in power positions. Whatever industry you're in, it turns out there is a power position and it, there's not a woman in it. It fascinates me how it happens. Because of all of the meals cooked around the world, in the history of the world, I reckon probably 80% of meals cooked in the history of the world have been cooked by women. But if there's a top job, if there's a celebrity chef, oh, it's Gordon Ramsay. Oh, it's Jamie Oliver. The majority of garments around the world, everything we're wearing, nearly everything everyone's wearing in this audience will have been stitched by a woman. But suddenly, if there's a posh job, if there's a red carpet, oh, now it's Dolce & Gabbana. And I don't even know who they are, but I know full well neither of them is a woman. It's Prada. Is Prada a woman? No, of course Prada's not a woman. I... What was that? Stella McCartney is a woman. And your exception proves my rule. It's true, though. It's true, though. It's absolutely true. Of course, we can think of ones, but mostly not. And I actually did a gig in publishing recently. I talked about this, and the women in publishing said, we don't know where they come from. If you go into a publishing house, it's women wall to wall. And they said, as soon as there's a CEO job, it's like a man pops out of a wardrobe and goes, I'll do this. But you weren't here. You don't know anything about publishing. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I run a television production company. I'm pretty sure it's the same. That's what happens, genuinely. They come from other industries to take the top jobs because they don't breed them in-house. And they're like, well, it's like, we can't let a woman do it, so why don't we just find a totally unqualified man and let him run the whole of Channel 4? <laughs> I know we're up at Media City, but that is true. That can't, that can't go on the podcast. I mean, can it not go on the podcast? They're not hiring me. Fuck it. <laughs> okay, it's the end of the tour, and I am speaking indiscreetly. <laughs> I'm quite, you know, when you get really tired at the end of something, it's like the last few days of Edinburgh, and then you just say things that you really shouldn't say. Yeah. It's a bit like, I assume, microdosing on MDMA. <laughs> Which is how Hannah Gadsby told me. Did anyone listen to the episode of Hannah Gadsby on The Guilty Feminist? She, how, how she wrote Nanette, she microdosed on MDMA. That some friend of hers, when they were out in Melbourne performing, realised they'd accidentally brought out a wrap of MDMA in their suitcase. And they were like, I can't take this back. I'll give it to you. Um, I wasn't going to see her again. So I, um, 
I went and left it in a pot plant in the cafe opposite my Airbnb. She collected it and wrote Nanette. Where's my Nanette? Who of you is going to supply me with the drugs that allows me to write Nanette? Anybody got an act of feminism that uh, they feel is something they'd like to share that they've done? Could we start with a really basic act of feminism? Something, what I'm looking for is something so small that other people go, oh, I can do better than that. Something that anyone could clear. You babysat, so your friend could what? Support her friend, who support her colleague who got an award in dentistry. I'm afraid to tell you the friend in dentistry who got an award was definitely a man. Because I've, I've heard they take all the power positions. Was it on this occasion a woman? It, that's, that, that's feminism. A woman was breaking through in the... The strong molars of dentistry. So you babysat so support could be given. Okay. Lovely. That's a lovely act of feminism. That's a lovely, unintimidating act of feminism that we all feel, yeah, I could have done that. I didn't, but I could have. I could have done that. Anyone else got anything that's going to make other people feel like, yeah, I could do that? Yes? Oh, I love that story. So just to say it into the mic for the podcast listeners at home, you did your degree on feminism. Uh, I did um, feminist theory. Yeah. You did feminist theory for your degree, like a major type thing. Uh, in... My master's, I did uh, political thought and then did it. Okay, so you did your master's in feminism and your mum used to say, that's bullshit. Well, she didn't say that. <laughs> it's not as supportive as many... Parents would be, if I'm going to do a master's. Yeah, but can you not do it in something that isn't bullshit? Because, you know. She said it was very right on. It was very right on. Listen, you're lucky you didn't give birth to the one doing the thing about yoga and the, you know, like, I'm just saying, think of her parents, all right? Dave, Dave got to explain that to the family at Christmas, okay? It's a thesis, it's a doctorate. All right? I'm going to be a doctor of yoga. I genuinely do love what you're doing, and I don't want you to feel... That was a joke because of comedy. That's genuinely... I genuinely... I couldn't not do it, because you... But I love what you're doing, and please keep doing... Come on the show when the dissertation's done, and then I'll, uh, we'll talk about it properly. So, sorry, we've done whole episodes on yoga and, and stuff, so I feel bad, but I couldn't not do it. This is the problem with being a feminist comedian. You see it, you think... I've got it, it's great, everybody loves it and then you just feel so racked with guilt that you have to spend ages going, oh I'm really sorry I made that joke what, what were, you, were you saying something? oh your parents are disappointed okay, thank you thank you I love you so much I don't feel, I don't feel guilty at all now uh, because I feel like you t- I gave you the topper and yeah, um so, yeah, but you bought the tickets tonight. Do you, do it, how did she win you over? She got a master's. <laughs> and so you were able to brag about that to friends without mentioning what it was in. 
like, yeah, no, no, she's doing a master's. She's doing a master's. You realise you didn't need to tell the whole story. And then you were like, I'm so proud she's got a master's. I'll, I'll look into this. And then did you discover you were oppressed and you never realised you were? You were like, oh, fuck, I'm living in the margins of your thesis. Make the margins wider, please. I want a nice, comfortable seat. Is that what happened? Pretty much. That's what tonight's about. Oh, did, did you, do you listen to The Guilty Feminist? Yeah. Sorry, I don't know. I must say, ask your name. What's your name? Ellie. Ellie, what's your mum's name? Becky. Becky. Becky, do you listen to The Guilty Feminist with Ellie? All the time. She listens to it when you force her because you turn her up in the kitchen and lock the door and say, I'm putting the kettle on, mum, sit down. Oh, well, that's lovely. I'm so thrilled by this mother-daughter bonding moment. Anyone else here with their mum? Oh, my God! This is a beautiful thing. Who else? Isn't it Father's Day? Anyone here with their dad? You are? Oh, my God, you're here with your dad? Where, where are you? You're here. Oh, you're up there. You're in the circle. Oh, okay. Tell me, what's your name? My name's Harriet. Harriet. Your dad's Damien. Okay, great. Damien. Damien's very pleased with himself, isn't he? So, yes, I'm here. Thank you, Father of the Year. Thank you. Thank you. I don't blame you, Damien. There's not. You're the only, the only one that. Well, at least the only one that shouted out that said. Is anyone else here with their dad? Yes. Yes. No. Damien, you're the. Is anyone else a dad? But you're not here with your children. No, why not? Are your children too young? No. They're old enough, but they didn't want to come. So you're staying, you don't live in Salford, you're just staying at your daughter's flat, and you've come on your own to the guilty feminist. Damien. You have competition. Can you imagine? Could you, would you have come to this on your own? Yeah. You would have, Damien. Do you listen to The Guilty Feminist? Occasionally. Occasionally. And a dad on the other side, what's your name? Mark. Mark. Mark, do you listen to The Guilty Feminist? Not yet. Oh. <laughs> Did you think this was Patrick Kilty? Because he's in the other venue. He's in the, he's in the Lowry, but you've come into the wrong space. No? Did he say he's fucking useless? Yeah. Do you think, Patrick, you think that too? No, I heard. Oh, you heard that he's fucking useless? Oh, no, you just heard him say it. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is how rumours start, isn't it? I heard that. I heard that. No, well, we all heard him say Yeah, yeah. But I can see why you... Yeah, you just endorsed. Yeah, I see. You like Hannah Gadsby, but Patrick Kilty, you can shove him up your ass. Wow. <laughs> this can't go up, because I'm sure Patrick Kilty's. You think he's a delight? <laughs> this is not how I thought this show was going to go. <laughs> the Patrick Kilty Wars. I wonder if he's in the other venue right now going, give us a cheer if you like the Guilty Feminist. <laughs> Whoa, we hate feminism. No, we don't mind it. Um, so. I, I understand why you're here, Damien. You've, you've come with your daughter and you like feminism and you love that your daughter's a feminist because you're raising her and you, you, you want her to be... You raised her and you want her to be 
you know, in an equal, just world. And your wife. Okay, so you've come as a family unit. Yeah, those who pray together, stay together, etc. Yes. Great. Is this your church? I would love that. I would love that if that were true. But Mark, I'm less clear, because your daughters live in Salford but wouldn't come with you to the feminist comedy show that's more really aimed at them. How did this occur? It's men that need to learn. Oh, Damien, we thought you were going to be the favourite. <laughs> it was looking so good for you. And then Mark came and pipped you at the post. Oh. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Hello, Guilty Feminists. It's Deborah. We will be at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe on the 25th, the 26th, the 27th, and the 28th of August at the Gilded Balloon TV at, at 2 p.m. Get your tickets now. We'll have some incredible co-hosts and guests. Also, we're part of the London Podcast Festival on Saturday, the 10th of September at King's Place. I'm very excited to say we are doing a crossover episode with Brown Girls Do It Too, one of our favorite ever podcasts. And we're bringing back Global Pillage for one special episode. Get your tickets now. Our seventh birthday show will be on the 1st of October. Current lineup includes Rachel Paris. So exciting from the MASH report. Desiree Birch and Sindhu V, guilty feminist favorites from all over your television. Kemar Bob, a guilty feminist regular from Fuck It Up and Grace Petrie, as well as Susan McComa in the co-host chair on the sofa and some very exciting guests to be announced, including a very big musical guest star. We will reveal more names as we are able to, but in the meantime, get your tickets now. It is going to be 
the guilty feminist event of our lifetime, 1st of October at the Hammersmith Apollo. Yes, live at the Apollo. Don't miss it. For tickets for all these things, go to guiltyfeminist.com. If you would like ad-free episodes and exclusive offers, join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash guilty feminist. And now back to the podcast. Oh, well, this has been exhausting. An incredible Manchester. You are all, you are so ready for the show. I feel that. Um, and I have sometimes been talking to audiences around the, the country because, you know, when we go to, like, Glasgow, it's a riot of a show. You know, in, in Newcastle, it's a revolution. Um, we did the RSC in Stratford. That was a Radio 4 recording. And... <laughs> No, but we told them, because the night before, it had been a hen night in Sheffield, and I do mean literally. Then we went to Stratford, and they were all sort of sitting there, and they brought more intellect than spirit, I'll be honest. And they were all sitting there going, we want to get feminism right, and I was like, not at all the spirit of the show. And, uh, and, but when I told them we were comparing them to Sheffield, they were like, we're not fucking losing to Sheffield. <laughs> they were like A-star students. We will do first-class audience work. And do you know, they ended up being one of the finest audiences of the generation. Um, so as much as you judge us, we judge you. Like, we're backstage. It's true. We go, how are they? Yeah, they're all right. Yeah. No, you'll have fun with them. You know, and people say stuff like, they know Birmingham. <laughs> they, do, they do. They do. It's really funny. Who are the rivals that you would not want to have beat you? <laughs> Liverpool. Liverpool were quite good. Liverpool were pretty elated. They were pretty excited. Where, who's the other one you wouldn't want to beat you? York. Oh, York were actually wonderful. I, I, don't, I don't think that, has, that episode hasn't come out yet, but they kept coming out onto the stage drunk. It was very exciting. <laughs> we can do that, Manchester says. Come on! There's no stairs here in York. People were just climbing the... There were stairs. But listen, Manchester, we're excited to see what you've got in store for us as much of what we've got in store for you. And if you would like this show to be an orgiastic... Feminist, festive, witchery coven of Bacchanalia. Cheer here. Okay. time we're having in the Lowry, darling. Oh, what am I doing tonight? Oh, I'm at the Lowry. We've got purple chairs at the Lowry, yes. Multiple levels at the Lowry. Sorry, I really enjoy the Lowry. It's so nice to be with you. I was hanging out with these guys earlier on your key. Um, which just like, it's a quay. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, it's obviously quay. Everyone who thinks he's a key can fuck off. Um, I wanted to say something more polite. I'm not capable. I was on a key all day. Nonsense. Um, gang, I want to share an experience with you, and I'm not sure if it's, like, relatable. Um, I'm, like, I don't know if, like, everyone will feel this. And if you do... Like, you don't have to be like, yeah, but just like a little nod of solidarity would be like greatly appreciated. Um, have you ever been just like hanging out, minding your business, living your life, 
when uh, you suddenly remember someone that you totally fucked but completely forgot? <laughs> Sound like few, few nods of recognition. Sorry, I know there's some families in the house, and this is going to be a weird ten minutes for you. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. It's weird, man. Like, I was chilling. I was on my computer doing some admin, and the song came on. I was, like, grooving to the song. I was like, oh, this reminds me of another time. This reminds me of a past era in my life. And I was like, ooh, and now it's making me a bit horned up. What's that about? <laughs> I was like, hold on a second. I was like, oh, you really loved this song when you were fucking Jake. And I was like, I was fucking Jake. I was like, oh my God. That's like, you were fucking, I was totally, I fucked Jake. That's why, how is Jake? <laughs> Completely forgot about Jake's face, his existence. I was like, what does Jake look like, really? Was he tall? I hope so. <laughs> so, well, it just took me back to that time, that era, when I was fucking Jake. I call it FJ. <laughs> you got BC, AD, FJs when I was fucking Jake. <laughs> and it was, a, it was a wild time in my life. I just moved to LA. I didn't know many people. Um, and weirdly, when you move to a new town, like, it's hard to make friends. You need a lot of, like, trust and stuff to make friends, you need commonalities. It's a lot easier to find people to bone. Uh, so I was just in LA for not long. I hopped on Tinder, and back in the day, back in FJ, okay, Tinder was tending, okay? Like, it was popping. If you needed something tended to, you could hop on Tinder, okay? Like, Bumble was not bumbling. There was no bees at the time. Okay? Nobody was pretending to be doors. There were no hinges. It was not happening. This was tender time in FJ. So I hopped on, matched with Jake. I was like, cool, my standards are low. Let's get it. Um, <laughs> go meet up with him in a dive bar. Great, fancy, love it. Uh, we, we vibe and stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. You're cute. I'm lonely in this town, let's fuck. <laughs> and he was like, you're direct. And I was like, so we fucking? Uh, because as a woman, I think it's important that I speak my mind. Um, and I just think, like, why beat around the bush when you want someone to beat inside the bush? <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's get to And again, sorry, dads. <laughs> so did she say beat inside the bush? She did. <laughs> I did. Uh, <laughs> so we go back to Jake's for some sex that can only be described as mediocre. <laughs> it was so mid. It wasn't like bad, but it was not good. And it obviously was not memorable. <laughs> or it wouldn't have taken an alternative indie rock song <laughs> from 2014 to remind me that this happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was insane. And uh, the cool thing about Jake, hidden feature, uh, was he was a weed dealer. And this was a time when I was big into it. So it was great. We can call this time like FJ, but also like SA. Like it was like I was fucking Jake and smoking a lot. Uh, <laughs> and it was like a great find. And I was like, oh my God, this is great. So uh, Jake gave me some weed and I was like, yay! 
Um, this almost makes up for the mediocre sex. <laughs> and I was headed home, and like, this is how I, this is how I found out that sometimes white privilege is sexually transferable. Um, I was headed home <coughs> from fucking Drake, and I got pulled over by a cop, and I was like, oh no! I was like, you know, like, this is America. Like, I was like, no, uh, this is gonna be bad. And I was like, oh, I just, I probably smell like weed and dick. Uh, <laughs> you know, only one of those is illegal. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was heading home, I get pulled over, and the cop rolls up to my window, and I was like, ah. and it was like he, like, felt the like residual aura of white dick upon me. <laughs> Do you understand? Like he rolled up, like I could see him in my my rearview mirror. He was walking out like <clears throat> in the mirror. He's like, I'm a I'm a hardened cop. He rolled up to my window and he was like, ah. <laughs> it was really weird. And like I don't even know how to describe it, but I feel like he just he just felt the the aura of white pain, and he didn't even like smell the weed on my breath. I think it was just masked in the pheromones. Like he didn't smell the weed, just like the cum of a comrade. <laughs> yeah? A, a comrade, if you will. Huh? Hashtag comrade. <laughs> I think Debs would be very on board with that. The guilty feminists are so fun tonight. Hashtag comrade. <laughs> madness so anyway like he basically he was gonna give me a ticket for not signaling but he completely forgot and just like thanked me for my service it was when he was like thank you for all you do for the community and he let me go it was a beautiful day a big win oh gosh life is wild man i was recently looking for a flat in london which is the worst i don't recommend it um like if you live somewhere keep doing it Keep doing it. Because looking for a flat in London is not the one. The housing market is really fucked up right now. Like, basically, I'll tell you what it's like looking for London. There are more people looking for flats than flats. And you have people that are, like, competing to get a place. They're putting on offers on rentals that are, like, 100, 200, 300 above the listed price. It's insane. Yeah, this is the activist bit. <laughs> it's actually insane. It's horrible. And you go to find, like, you go for a, um, a viewing of a flat, and they're like, would you mind waiting outside? We have three people in already. It's madness. So even the worst flats are being filled full of people, flats that should be left to be fixed. Now there are people in them living, like, under where they wish they were living. Do you know what I mean? It's horrible. And I think the reason why they're selling is partially because of the demands, but also because estate agents are fucking wizards, bro. <laughs> estate agents, if there are any of you in the house tonight, <laughs> I know we all gotta make a living, but oh my God, estate agents are wild. And, like, I think I get their tactics, like, they use, big flowery descriptions, you know what I mean? Like they'll be like, oh, like they, they say things like it'll make it true. Everything is spacious and bright. Every flat is spacious and bright. It's a fucking cave. But it's spacious and bright. 
It gets me, man. They do the flowery description. Then while you're there, they just hide all the cracks. You know how it goes. They're just like, what? That? Don't look at it. Look over there. Um, and it works. <laughs> and then they try to put pressure on you. And they'll be like, just so you know, so many people want this flat. So if you like it, I'd, I'd put an offer in. If you want it, I'd take it. You know what I mean? You should definitely hurry up. And then once you're convinced that you want it, they put you through a really weird, rigorous affordability check. Um, and I don't know what it's like out here, but in London, if you want a flat, you need to show them that you make 30 times your monthly rent. Three, zero. It's insane. <laughs> it's unethical. And it got me thinking. Hmm. Maybe I should treat myself like a flat trying to be moved by an estate agent. <laughs> I don't know. Like, upsell, hide the cracks. <laughs> you know? It's a good method, I think. Like, professionally, you know? Personally, romantically. Oh. Romantically, that would be... Oh. So, upsell, hide the cracks, you know? Hit them with a flowery description, you know? Like, oh, elegant and unique. Right? Right? A.K.A. like... Clumsy, has unreliable income, gets stressed out easily, ask the moon if it's okay to feel how I'm feeling. Like, <laughs> yes! Get it sold, baby. You know? Just like, has a concierge, the voice in my head, and maintenance on call. That's <laughs> Maintenance on call. It's my therapist. Like, yeah. Flowery. Description, great location, just anywhere, I'm tired. <laughs> I think it's the way forward, man. And then once you win them over, once you get them going and they're, like, invested, you got to put the pressure on them and just be like, oh, yeah, well, just so you know, I have, like, a million dates tonight, so if you're interested, I'd put in an offer. Just be like, oh, my God, sorry, Miss call. It's Rihanna and Drake. I'm not even attracted to them, but... They want to have, like, a thruple for life, they said. I don't know. So, like, if you're interested, I would definitely fill out a form. <laughs> and then once they're on board and they're invested, you hit them with the reference check. Yeah. And be like, okay, glad that you're interested in March 20th, 1994 place. Um, <laughs> like, glad you're interested. Um, can I see if you have any cool friends and let me talk to your exes? Which I think should just happen anyway. Honestly, there should be an app for that where you can be like, hmm, Jake Graham. Uh, and be like, Oh, call up those people, find out the truth. Was he a good tenant? Did he pay his rent? Oh, hit him with the reference check, and then hit him with the affordability, which never actually makes sense. Just be like, you a gajillionaire? And see what happens. And they won't be, so see how many degrees of separation they are from Beyonce. I think that's a good reference for affordability. And I feel like some of you guys are looking at me like this is unethical, deceptive, to which I say, sorry, I'm just trying to sell flats. <laughs> I have to pay my rent. Oh, God. Um, I, recently, I've been... Uh, fucking straight men again. I know. Boo is correct. 
boo is correct. Uh, straight men in the house going, what's that boo for? Um, it's because I'm pansexual and have options, but insist on eating from the trash. <laughs> nonsense. It's just silly. Just something I'm doing for fun, for summer. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Pride Month? Let's make horrible choices. Uh, <laughs> it's nonsense. And I've come across, like, the worst straight men that exist. Uh, straight men that don't like to eat pussy. Yeah. And again, just sorry to the dad. It's the whole family. Um, it's nonsense, honestly, and I think it's inconsiderate, immature, and I think it's a crime. Yeah, I said it. A cab, except then. <laughs> then put them in jail. Um, it's horrible. It gets me. I, I think it's inconsiderate and it's immature. Like, you have straight men out here who are acting like a vagina is leafy greens and disagrees with their palate. It's rude. And let me just say that not every straight man's girlfriend has a vagina. And if you're a straight man and your girlfriend has a dick, then you better be slobbing on that knob, sir. <laughs> you better be slobbing on that knob like corn on the cob. <laughs> Lyrics from a badge song. <laughs> it gets me. But you have straight men out here who are acting like vagina is Brussels sprouts. And let me tell you something. Ain't nothing wrong with Brussels sprouts. As long as those sprouts are fresh and well taken care of, I am nibbling on them all day. Do you hear me? It's nonsense. I will wake up and have Brussels sprouts for breakfast. I'll just roll over, look at the chef, and say, I'm hungry. And she'll say, all I have is Brussels sprouts. Is that okay? And I'll say, is that okay? They're my favorite. Nom, 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 nom. Gets me. It's so frustrating. Ugh. It's madness. I will nibble on those sprouts until my jaw hurts or the kitchen is closed. And you have straight men out here who want to play with the food but not eat it. I'm looking at you. Pushing the sprouts around the plate. Trying to enter without an entree. Lock them up. <laughs> It gets me. It's so frustrating because I think I understand the logic behind it, you know? Like, I think that some penis dudes are afraid that we take care of our genitalia the way that they take care of theirs. <laughs> Which is poorly, if at all. <laughs> Honestly. But I just want to assure you that people with vulvas are meticulous about our shit. We are constantly cleaning, self-cleaning organs, okay? <laughs> Bitches are out here measuring pH. <laughs> We're scientists at this point. <laughs> so put your fears at ease. And if you ever get to a place where you're like, I don't know, I don't know, are they as reckless with their vulvas as we are with our dicks? Just keep in mind that you don't know one person with a vagina that's ever jacked off with a warm sock. <laughs> is that happening? Is that, is that going down? You don't know one person with a vulva that has ever dipped it into an American pie. <laughs> but apparently that's so prevalent in the penis community that they made a film franchise about it. <laughs> and I looked this up. It made over $200 million. 
Because that's how much dudes are wanting to fuck pies. It's nonsense. I guess what I'm saying is if you're a straight man and you're afraid to go downtown on a vulva, you need to keep your dirty dick logic to yourself and eat your vegetables. Yeah. I'm going to keep it up because it's been great. Keep up, up everybody! So, Mark, what did you learn? <laughs> what was that, sir? You need to be careful to eat really good. <laughs> oh. Now, Mark, the first thing about feminism is we don't pit women against each other. No, 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 no. We don't have this scarcity culture or competition. No. What was that? You're not having that. Mark, you're... Damien, there's a top spot going. What do you mean you're not having that? Hit. Oh, yeah. Calm, 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 calm. We don't want this to turn into Jeremy Kyle. Come on now. It's a civilized show. What's what's full of them? What's happening? Yeah, no, there are those women. There are those women. But it's usually based on what we call a scarcity culture, which is uh, there's only one spot at the top for a woman. So if I help you, am I going to get there? And so on and so on. So we're trying to change that culture by doing things like the Guilty Feminist, where we're not... Because before the Guilty Feminist and, and other things like it, um, like Kima's got a show called Fuck It Up Comedy, which is Femmes of Colour, that, that is now a new podcast from the House of the Guilty Feminist. That's because before that in comedy, you would generally be the only woman on the bill. And they'd say, oh, we have to sort of stretch you out. We don't... You know, we, 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 women in comedy often didn't know each other. Really, that's true. When I started, I was, there was never another woman on the bill. So we're doing this in order to create not a scarcity culture and we can celebrate each other and we can, uh, we can play together, Mark. So uh, my playful rejoinder to you um, was, if you say to me, well, she's good, so you have to be careful, we're playing back into that old model. Um, and we're here... No, Mark, no, Mark, no, Mark. It's absolutely fine. You're learning. But we... Oh, you really divided the audience. <laughs> however, however, no. This is good. You came to learn, and here we are learning together. Yes, excellent. That's an example. Example. It's close. There's women in the front row just going, you got away, it's all right, it's okay, we're with you. <laughs> No, seriously, thank you for, thank you for coming, Mark. Um, <laughs> genuinely, no, genuinely, genuinely, are there any women in the audience who think they have got a feminist job? Woo! Yes. What's your job? And I love, I love that there was nothing about that said. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's worth mentioning. I just thought I'd pop it on the table. <laughs> Woo! What's your job? I work for a women's refugee charity. You work for a women's refugee charity? <laughs> What's it called? Refugee Women Connect. And is it Manchester-based? Uh, Northwest-based. Northwest-based. Um, and what do you do? How, how does it operate? Uh, we provide practical and mental health support for women, refugees and asylum seekers and survivors of human trafficking. Okay. That's incredible. <laughs> I, might, I might get you to come out so I can give you the mic so you can say this to the mic. Okay. 
to, for the podcast so people can, can know. And, and I, want you, I want you to tell us what you need as well. Okay. All right. What's your name? Laura. Laura. Okay. Laura, tell us uh, who do you work with and what do you do? Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, my name's Laura. I work for a charity called Refugee Women Connect. Uh, we work across the Northwest with uh, women, uh, asylum seekers, refugees, and survivors of human trafficking, uh, providing practical and mental health support um, to people recovering from trauma. Um, and uh, yay, for the short term at least, people are not being sent to Rwanda. We're all very excited. Yeah. Um, uh, if anybody does want to support, um, then uh, you can send me an email or uh, look on our website and get in touch. Um, how, how do we donate? Um, you can uh, go on refugeewomenconnect.org.uk and uh, either do a one-off donation or if you can afford, do a monthly donation. really helps us to plan ahead. Or if you can't afford to donate but want to volunteer, uh, come and get in touch or uh, help us share things on social media would be lovely too. Thank you so much, Laura. So, Damien, you identify as a feminist. What have you done lately that's feminist? Because feminism is not a feeling, it's an action, Damien. You've come to see the guilty feminist. That is how low the bar is for men. This is where we come to refuel so we can go back out and do stuff. Is that something, Laura's, Laura's organisation, is that something you think you could get involved in either with your uh, volunteering or, in fact, your money? Yes! Excellent. Um, what do you do for a living? You work in IT. But that sounds like you get paid lots. So maybe you could do a direct debit and then every month you'd be doing something for feminism accidentally. Like, you know, we'd just be going out of your account. That would make you feel good, Damien. So in a way, Laura has done you a favour. <laughs> could anyone else, can, just give us a cheer if you could afford a pound a month uh, for Laura? Uh, I shouldn't say for Laura. She's not taking it personally. What do I, what, what do I call it? Refugee Women Connect. Uh, just to give us a share if you could afford, uh, if you can afford five pound a month for Refugee Women Connect. Great. So we've got a few there. So maybe we could do it in the interval. Incredible. Yeah, and that'd be great. If you could afford uh, ten pounds or more a month, just give us a cheer. Okay. And if you can afford fifty pounds a month, Damien. <laughs> Mark, this is a great opportunity <laughs> to even, you know. Damien's stock's going up. I feel Mark. <laughs> you don't work? Okay, all right. Do you want a volunteer? <laughs> Laura... <laughs> Laura's spotted an opportunity. In that case, do you have time to volunteer? Mark, we will leave that with you. So, to end this half of the show, put your hands together and make incredible Leicester legend noises for the wonderful Grace Petrie! <laughs> Chester! How you doing? Have you had a good first half? Good, good stuff. It's been lovely. <laughs> I am in Salford. Ooh. 
Is that a big rivalry type thing? No? <laughs> Arguably why bring it up then, do you know what I mean? No. Um... <laughs> um, does anybody have... Uh, has anyone here got small children in their life? Give me a shout. Yeah. Too many. <laughs> lucky that I, I'm an auntie to two wonderful little girls um, and, uh, and uh, the, I wrote this song quite a few years ago now but I was inspired to, to sing it when um, <laughs> just before Deb went off she was like is anyone here single? It's like fucking hell what a thing to be reminded of eh? Like, but uh, yeah so I, I, I've uh, this is a song that I wrote about something so basically a few years ago like I, I was uh, I was seeing someone and then they broke up with me and uh, I was expecting a bit of an R there, but don't worry, uh, it's, uh... No, it's too late, it's too late. Uh, it's fine. Um, but, uh, I was... But, but, but uh, it was, like, one of those things where, like, I couldn't understand what went wrong. And then I was, you know, you know one of those things... We've all been there, I think, when we're, like, something's gone wrong, or, like, it's not ended the way you wanted it to, and, uh... And, yeah, I was just doing that thing where I was, like, talking to my friends about it in the pub, and I was just talking to, talking to my friends about it on nights out. I was talking to my friends about it all the fucking time. And, uh, and then I started to realise this look in my friend's eyes that was really like, yeah, you've, you've, you've really fucked this, mate. You've really gone too far, you know. Like, we, we, we really had a lot of sympathy at the beginning, but, you know, uh, move the fuck on. Um, so, and around about the time I was hanging out with my nieces a lot and Frozen was, uh, was uh, their, like, film du jour. So I was watching a lot of Frozen with them. So it was a combination of watching the film Frozen and the tough love of my friends that really got me out of this hole. So I'll leave you with this one. It's called Princess Elsa Blues. <laughs> I guess it's...
never bothered me anyway. <laughs> So that was the first half. Join us for part two, which should be in your feed right now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.